Has Jared Keldick finally arrived? We'll answer that and more on this mailbag episode of the Locked On Mariners podcast. Colby, hit it. You are Locked On Mariners, your daily Seattle Mariners podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Sunday, April 9th, 2023. Happy Easter, everyone. This is Tidying Gonzalez and Colby Patnode for the Locked On Mariners podcast, brought to you by Ultimate Baseball GM. Ever dreamed of becoming an MLB GM and managing your baseball franchise? Then this game is definitely for you. To download the game, just visit ultimatebaseballgm.com or look it up on the app stores. Our listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo code Locked On in the game. Thank you so much for making us your first listen. Subscribe, like, and turn on alerts if you're watching on YouTube or subscribe and leave a five-star review on your preferred podcast platform if you like what you hear. And if you want to hear from us even more, please consider signing up for our Patreon by scanning the QR code right above my head. The link as well as our social accounts is also in the description below. It is a rare mailbag Sunday because of the weird start times for the next three games in Chicago. And if you like the post-game shows, you're in luck because we're planning on doing one for each of those games. So look forward to that. But for now, sit back, relax, grab your favorite drink. We're going to answer some Mariners questions here, Colby. Starting with J Mars D420, who asked, can we now say that Jared Kelnick is doing good? Well, it's been a good weekend for Jared Kelnick. I'll say that three, four uh, yesterday had a couple of really impressive at bats or plate appearances rather. At, towards the end of today's game, which unfortunately resulted in a 7-6 to six extra innings loss for the Mariners. But he uh, he had a really nice walk against Emmanuel Classe, had a really nice double off of Inyel De Los Santos that uh, gave the Mariners a go-ahead run uh, that unfortunately did not hold, as I alluded to. Uh, but yeah, it was a uh, good weekend for Jared overall at the plate, on the base pass. And even in the field with his glove, he was uh, looked pretty nice out in right field today as well before he moved over to the left later on in the game. So, Colby, do we have enough data now to say that Jared is in a much better place? No. Um, also, you correct my grammar all day long, but no, the guest grammar is, is doing, totally doing fine. Doing well, doing well, doing Thank well. You. Yes, yeah, there you go. <laughs> um. So here's the deal. He is doing well, you know, and, and like we can say that, of course we can, because we we see it with our eyes and, and we see the at-bats and we see the quality of at-bats. So, yeah, he is doing well. Um, is it enough data for us to be like, yep, he, this is who he is now? No, no, absolutely not. Um, you know, he's only played in eight games and, and they really won't let him face lefties still. Uh, so, no, we, we can't say based on what we saw that he is going to have a good year. Um, but what we can say is he is playing well right now because he is, he's hitting the ball hard. Um, you know, he chased a few times today against police sack and that was noteworthy just because he hasn't done it pretty much all year. So, uh, he leads the team in hard hit rate. He had a couple more hard hit balls today, including obviously what should have been the game winning double, but you know, stuff happens. So yeah, we can certainly say that Kelnick is playing really well right now because he is. And is that encouraging? Yeah, absolutely. It is. But, you know, is it enough data to sit here and say, like, well, they got the Kelnick thing right. He's obviously good. No, no, we're still weeks, if not months away from from being able to make that claim. But if you want to ride with it, I mean, I'm not going to stop you. Go for it. Yeah, I mean, if you want to be excited about what you're seeing out of Jared Kelnick, absolutely. Mm -hmm. uh, for I think me, he should be. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is, 
I mean, this is ideal. <laughs> I would much rather he he do this and you know start the year struggling mm-hmm. again or just kind of being meh. Like he's been one of the Baroners' better hitters. Right? You talked about how he's leading the team right now in hard hit rate. Uh, it's incredibly impressive. Uh, I've I have been very impressed with his. Uh, played appearances over the last couple of days, especially that one against Class A. You're going up against one of the best relievers in all of baseball, and you find yourself in an early hole in that plate appearance, and you lay off a couple of breaking balls, some some nice breaking balls outside of the zone as well. And you talked about how he was chasing earlier on in the game against Pleissack, kind of fixed those issues towards the end of this game. Uh, that was really nice to see him make that kind of adjustment and to not get uh, impatient in that at bat with class a and you know really because the mariners at that time and obviously things did not go their way over the course of the end of that game but they really needed an insurance run in the top of the ninth there and he was able to uh you know get on base and at a really crucial moment and uh keep the that thing moving along and they end up pushing that run across uh as uh, josh bell commits that error thrown to second uh with kelnick on the base pass who definitely you know, impacted uh, Bell's line of sight there on that throw as well. So Kelnick just really making an impact everywhere, um, both, you know, at the plate, on the base pass, like I said, and in the field. So I've uh, been really impressed with what he's been able to do so far. Hope he is able to uh, continue this and, and ride the hot streak. And, you know, really, again, this is what I said last month when we were talking about his hot stretch in spring is, you know, when things aren't going as well for him, how is he going to respond? That's going to be the really interesting thing for me. Because, um, you know, he, he got off to a, a fairly slow start, yes, but things have quickly, you know, turned around for him. But once he hits that first real slump, how is he going to respond to that? That's going to be really key for Jared moving forward. All right, so let's move on here to Chels, who asks, after today's game, it's clear our bullpen is running thin. Do you think they will have to adjust the reliever strategy to have them pitch more than one inning? If not, what else can be done to ensure we aren't having to throw newly optioned players in high leverage situations? So we should mention this. First of all, Andres Munoz, we haven't had a chance to talk about this yet. Andres Munoz goes on the IL uh, today, um, having a little bit of an issue with his shoulder uh, when throwing off of the mound. Uh, So they're trying to get out ahead of that. They put him on the 15-day IL today, and they called up J.B. Pukaskis, who, of course, was not able to hold a two-run lead in, what was it, the 12th inning? I think it was the 12th inning uh, that Pukaskis came in. Um, we also saw Justin Topa today, who, on the flip side, actually had a really nice day. But the bullpen is obviously a big topic of discussion coming out of today's game because... Frankly, it's the reason that the Mariners lost or one of the biggest reasons that the Mariners lost today because they were given the unit as a whole was given three leads uh, to hold there late in the game with a chance to win. And they blew all of them and ultimately lost this game. Um, You know, but good days for Trevor Gott. Good day for Justin Topa. Not so great day for a guy like Matt Brash or J.B. Bukaskis. So uh, today was really just, uh, you know, kind of a, a particular, you know, situation where you had Paul Seawald. They didn't want to go three days in a row with him. They ended up going three days in a row with Penn Murphy, which is a little interesting. Uh, but I think today was kind of a special, were special circumstances with regard to your question. Colby, do you have anything to add on this? Um, <clears throat> no, I think one of the, the keys to... Uh 
you know, mixing up the bullpen usage or whatever is for your starters to go deeper into games. Um, yeah. You know, we saw, you know, I, you saw the direct impact of Logan Gilbert only being, being able to go four innings on Friday. You saw that impact today on Sunday. It didn't have, you didn't see the impact yesterday. You saw it today on Sunday and that does wear on your bullpen. The Mariners have had one day off in the first 10 games. Um, you know, that's not, unusual but typically teams will get two days off within their first 10 to 11 games uh and we've had a few short outings kirby had a short outing marco only went five once um you know obviously gilbert had his short outing and the mariners have been ultra careful trying obviously robbie ray had his short outing uh the mariners have tried to be ultra careful with their arms so they're not going to extend them so no i don't think you want to use guys for multiple innings uh this early unless you feel like you have to so uh, you it's still you have to play the long game here, and, and it might feel good if you force Seawald out there for a third day. Um, but what if he gets hurt because he's overused early in the season, and now you've lost Munoz and Seawald? You know, so you have to think about this long term. And yeah, I mean, it stinks when you have you know your literal tenth and eleventh got bullpen arms coming into these high leverage spots, but that's the reality of the situation. And it's why it was important for Seattle to win those first two games, because then today you can kind of play a little bit with house money. And by the way, even today with the down bullpen, the Mariners handed the ball to one of their best relievers with a two run lead in the ninth. Yeah. That's the ball game, right? That, that should be the ball game. Brash just didn't have it. Walked a guy slider was either, you know, an 80 grade or it was a 40 grade cement mixer. Um, you know, we can blame Teo all we want for the missed catch, and and it's probably a play he should make, but it's by no means an easy play. And let's not let's ignore you know let's not ignore that brash through just a spinning junk ball in the middle of the plate to a really mediocre hitter. Um, so despite all the the bullpen issues today, Scott managed it well enough to hand the ball to his best available reliever in the ninth with a lead. And after that, once you fail to to hold down that lead you you kind of deserve to lose because your bullpen is stretched out and it's because you yeah. have to use so many guys to cover those five innings from, from Logan. So no, I, I don't think that this is a big concern. I don't think you need to drastically change how you're using these guys. Um, and I'll say this though, they, they have to find a way to not use Penn Murphy. Penn Murphy has appeared in seven of the 10 games this year. Right. Like that is drastic overuse. And thankfully today, I think you saw from Topa, um, I think you see a guy who can take kind of those middle innings type of roles that uh, Murphy handled most of last year and so far this year. So, um, no, I, I just think the starters need to go a little bit deeper. And, and so far, you know, Kirby went six today. Marco went five and two third. Uh, and we're going to see these guys, their pitch count start to push 100 here. So I think it'll yeah. take care of itself. But, um, yeah, it just Scott is not willing to sacrifice tomorrow for today. He's just yeah. not going to be that guy. Yeah, again, because you didn't have everyone available to you and you really didn't want to go to Murphy until you were basically forced to. Uh, mm-hmm. That's why guys like J.B. Bukowskis found their way into a high leverage situation. Like That's not going to happen every night here over the course of Munoz's IL, IL stint, you know, unless more injuries, of course, continue to pile up here. But um, yeah, you know, it's just it's too early for these guys to get ramped up to a point of, you know, throwing multiple innings like you don't want to run the risk of you know landing more guys on the il because you can't really afford it at this point matt festa hasn't panned out he got option today so that you're already down an arm there 
And then Munoz obviously goes on the IL as well. And so you don't want to lose more of the guys that you went into the season with if you can avoid that. So uh, just, you know, but again, like I said, just right now, um, I wouldn't overly fixate on how the bullpen was deployed today and think that's going to be how it's going to be going to be deployed every single night. That's just not going to be the case because like Colby said, you had a chance to end the game there right in the ninth with Matt Brash, and then we wouldn't have even talked about Justin Topa or J.B. Bukowskis or uh, Penn Murphy today. So just is what it is. It's baseball. It happens. All right, so we got a few more questions to go over here in just a moment, but real quick, a reminder, this episode of Locked On Mariners is brought to you by Ultimate Baseball GM. Ever dreamed of becoming an MLB GM and managing your professional baseball franchise? Well, your dream can can come true, and this game is definitely for you. It's late at night, folks. Manage every strategic aspect of your team, play through the season, and lead your team to glory. You're responsible for hiring the right coaches and staff, managing team finances, scouting and drafting players, managing difficult cult personalities navigating your franchise through free agency and all the ups and downs of a season all this in a challenging and realistic game world ultimate baseball gm is completely free and playable offline play on the go as you want and when you want it's basically the jerry depoto simulator so instead of saying chills depoto did it again you can now say chills I did it again. That's right. Download it now and Locked On Mariners listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo code Locked On in the game store. So make sure to check it out. To download the game, just visit probaseballgm.com, scan the code, or look it up on the app stores. That's probaseballgm.com. Ultimate Baseball GM, start your dynasty today. And you're listening to the Locked On Mariners podcast, which is also brought to you by Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. Over 80% of people have subscriptions they forgot about, and chances are you're one of them. Like that Stars app just to watch one show or that free gaming trial you never actually use. Rocket Money will quickly and easily find your subscriptions for you and for any you don't want to pay for anymore, just hit cancel and Rocket Money will cancel it for you. It's that easy. Rocket Money also helps you manage all your finances in one place and automatically categorize your expenses so you can easily track your budget in real time and also get alerted if anything looks off. Over 3 million people have used Rocket Money, saving the average person up to $720 a year. Stop throwing your money away, cancel unwanted subscriptions, and manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash locked on MLB. That's rocketmoney.com slash locked on MLB. Rocketmoney.com slash locked on MLB. And you're listening to the Locked On Mariners podcast. And you're listening to the Locked On Mariners podcast. And you're <laughs> listening to the Locked On Mariners podcast. Thank you so much for making us your first listen of Easter Sunday night. Uh, let's uh, Before we get back into the, our questions here on this mailbag episode, let's get a status report on our fundraiser over at Feeding America. Colby, what do you got for me? Yeah, so we're still around 4,500, pushing 4,600 again. Uh, the weekend was taken. Now. Okay, so the weekend was kind of taken off on the fundraiser, which, again, we're totally cool with. But now that we're back and we're doing shows, guys, just a reminder, we're raising money for Feeding America. 34 million families suffer from food insecurity every every single day in the United States. Nine million of those people are children. Uh, Feeding America can turn $1 into 10 
nutritious meals. It's a great organization. Ty and I are raising money for the organization. If you want to donate, scan the QR code right there, or there's a link in the description of every podcast episode that you can also go to. That'll take you directly to our donation page. Uh, if you can't donate monetarily, but you still want to help out, go ahead and hit the subscribe button. Ty and I are donating 10 cents uh, for every subscriber we get in the month of April. Um, and you know, if you've already done all that, then, you know, please tell your friends, uh, put it on, on Twitter or Facebook or TikTok, Instagram. We don't care. Just, you know, get the word out there. And if we happen to get to 10,000, uh, $10,000 raised by the end of the month, uh, this guy over here is going to go ahead and get some ink, uh, in honor of the 10 K. So he's very excited about it, but we have to get there and we're a little bit less than halfway there. We got 20 days to do it. So uh, let's go ahead and do this. And uh, hey, you know what? Maybe throw this link out there and let, let's start atting some people, huh? Let's start atting the Mariners um, and all that stuff. And let, let's see how high we can get this thing because it's been a lot of fun. Um, quick reminder, we're also get, or I'm also giving away Cal Raleigh autograph card and a Mike Cameron autograph card. So if you subscribe, leave a comment in any of the episodes we shoot this month, you have a chance to win. And if you subscribe, I mean, that's 10 cents. And a chance to win an autograph, Cal Raleigh or my camera card. So, you know, two for one there. So, yeah, uh, thank you guys again so much, and and uh, please continue to donate and uh, spread the word so we can see just how far we can push this thing. And if you're interested in donating or you've already made a donation, you can ask uh, your employer as well if they're willing to match. Uh, apparently, a lot of companies will actually do that. Uh, we were alerted by a listener, so we do want to put out that reminder as well to check in with your uh, with your employer and see if they uh, they want to help out as well. We'd greatly appreciate it. So, uh, yeah, just scan that QR code or check out the link in the description of this episode if you're just listening to the show and uh, you can go to the donation page. We're at 6,400 and uh, $4,649 raised. Are you doing Canadian on me? <laughs> no, 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 no. 6,000. No. Just a little yeah, dyslexia, no. huh? Uh, we are at, yeah. $4,649. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Got my, you know, my eyes got mixed up there just like they did on the ultimate baseball GM read. All right, let's get back into these uh, questions. Hopefully I can read these properly. Uh, probably not. Uh, here comes a question from Tobacato. What would you do with Colton Wong at this point? He's having good plate appearances and contact, it seems, but just not finding the hits anywhere. Defense seems to be up and down as well. All right, well, Colby, I'm I'm going to give you the floor here because you've been going to war on the uh, Lockdown Mariners Twitter account over over Colton Wong. So you 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 say your piece. I'm I'm gonna sit back. I'm gonna yeah. chill. Yeah, I'm on a mission to civilize the masses, um, which went really well for Don Quixote. Uh, but, but here's the deal with Colton Wong. What would I do with him right now? Nothing. Why would I take him out of the lineup? Why would I move? They've already moved him up and down. Nothing. You just wait and see what happens. This guy is, you know, a 20 win player in his career or whatever it is. He's been to a couple all-star games. He's won two gold gloves in the back of the baseball card says he's a lot better than he's hitting right now. And you mentioned it yourself, the at-bats there's still some good at bats. It's not like this is a like awful O for 20 striking out, you know, 18, 18 out of 24 at bats or anything like that. Um, and he did get a hit today and he did have a nice sack fly, big sack fly, which once again, should have been helpful in a Mariners win, but yeah, what are you going to do? So uh, yeah, you just kind of have to stay the course with Colton Wong. There's really not a lot you can do. You don't even have a viable backup second baseman at, at this stage to throw in there. 
uh, because Sam Haggerty is not that guy. As much as you guys want to try and make Sam Haggerty that guy, <laughs> he's not. So um, until Dylan Moore is even back, you don't even really have another option. So, uh, yeah, you just stay the course with Colton Wong, trust the back of the baseball card, and and you know that good things will come. Yeah, I, I saw someone on um, on Twitter respond to one of your tweets about Colton saying that he wasn't actually very good last year um, and that, you know, Adam Frazier is a low bar to clear, which the last bit, yeah, sure. Yeah, Adam Frazier last year is a pretty low bar to clear from a second base standpoint. Uh, but Adam Frazier was 19% a worse hitter than the league average hitter last year. Colton Wong was 17% better than the league average hitter last year. So, yeah, that's a pretty significant upgrade to me. Still, when you just look at the 2022s of those two players, and you just look at the track record of Colton Wong overall and, and contrast that to Adam Frazier, there's more success. You know, there's more successful years at the plate. There's more league average or above league average years from Colton Wong than there is Adam Frazier, and that's just fact. So, yeah, it's not working out right now, but I have faith that that Wong, at the very least, is going to be a league average player for the Mariners. It's just, you know, he's one of those few guys that's going to get off to a slow start. That's just what it is. And that's just baseball, and that's just how April, you know, goes for some guys. Teoscar Hernandez is not going to be like this either for the entire year, right? At least I don't think he is. You know, maybe he is Jesse Winker after all, <laughs> but at least he's been better defensively. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, so I, I wouldn't I wouldn't trip too much on uh, on Colton because uh, I think there's a pretty good hitter in there, and I think he's, you know, right now he just seems a little snake bitten defensively. Uh, there's just been a couple plays here that's kind of messed up, uh, messed him up a little bit, and you know, hopefully he doesn't mess up his psyche a little too much because, I mean, this is a former gold glover. Now, I don't think he's going to get back to that, but I think he's at least a, an average club at second base, and uh, I think he'll uh, he'll show that in due time for sure. All right, so uh, let's go on here to Daisy and the Dingo, who says, are, or who asks, rather, are there any adjustments from past usage or location that you've seen from Trevor Gott that may be contributing to his success, uh, to his early success? Um, there... I tried looking into this when I saw your question just a little bit. There isn't a, a lot really that, that signifies a significant change, uh, at least that I've noticed. Um, but th it's so early that there isn't a ton of data. And uh, Baseball Savant is where I went to try and find things like pitch usage to see if they're, you know, um, if the Mariners are hammering home a, you know, a certain pitch for him or anything like that. There really isn't anything like that. Right now, he's just making more guys swing and miss on the fastball. Uh, and that's really the only thing that I've noticed. But again, the data is so minimal that those things are going to be inflated anyway. So um, there isn't a lot for that for me that I can personally glean uh, from the numbers that I've seen. But that's also after just a quick glance because I haven't really looked into it as much. Um, Colby, is there anything that maybe I missed? No, it's we still don't have enough data to really look at anybody's adjustments that they've made. Um, even somebody like Jared Kelnick. So we're still, we still need to collect more data and we're not there yet. So, um, you know, with, with God, he's been really good. Like that, that's the good part, but there were probably stretches last year where Trevor got was really good as well. Um, so it's just one of those things right now, there's not enough data to really draw any clear conclusion. Uh, the thing I like about Trevor got right now is that he's, he's living on the corners. He, he is not in the middle of the plate at all. Um, and so maybe that is something that the Mariners have found some way that he can work off the edges instead of being in the middle of the plate, uh, as much as maybe he was last year. 
Yeah, and that's really what it boils down to for now. But, uh, you know, give it a couple weeks and we'll probably have some data that better tells the uh, the story of, of what's going on with Trevor Gott. Um, so it's just kind of a wait and see on that front, really with all the pitchers, really with every player on the Mariners in general. All right, we got a couple more questions to go over here in just a moment, but real quick, a reminder, this episode of Locked On Mariners is brought to you by So Rare. Our new sponsor, So Rare, is a revolutionary fantasy baseball game and marketplace transforming fans into owners with officially licensed digital cards featuring players from across all 30 MLB teams. And unlike other fantasy baseball platforms, So Rare managers truly own their fantasy experience, collecting, buying, selling, and competing with player cards against global opponents to win epic rewards win or lose you still own your cards and there's no cost to play plus the more you win the more you advance collecting increasingly powerful cards and accessing next level competitions and rewards so rare recently partnered with mlb all-stars juan soto and yes your seattle mariners center fielder julio rodriguez to serve as brand ambassadors very exciting MLB game weeks happen twice weekly and span a three to four day cycle. And at the end of game weeks, so rare MLB managers who rank at or near the top of their leaderboards with a variety of rewards, which can include so rare scarcity cards, game tickets, merchandise, signed jerseys, and VIP experiences like meeting MLB stars like Julio. Prizes may vary depending on the competition. Head to SoRare.com slash LockedOn, that's spelled S-O-R-A-R-E.com, to draft your team of free player cards, set your lineup, and start competing today to win epic rewards. Again, that's SoRare.com slash LockedOn to start playing today. And you're listening to the Locked On Mariners podcast. Thank you again for making us your first listen here on Easter Sunday night. Let's get into these final two questions here on our mailbag episode. This comes from Coleman Dawkins, who asks, with Gabe Spire and Justin Topa looking good, who do you send back down after Robbie Ray comes off the IL? This is too early to answer, quite frankly, you know, because uh, we don't even know when Ray's coming back. They're shutting him down for two weeks from really any baseball activity, and then they're going to reassess. And, you know, at that point, even if he's ready to go on a rehab stint, that means that he's going to have to at least make one rehab start, maybe two, and you go from there. So there's still a lot of time. There's still a lot of data to collect. There's still a lot of innings to be pitched by these guys. And also, I mean, Look, it's one inning from Justin Topo. He looked really good today. Don't get me wrong, but it is just one inning at the end of the day. Uh, Spire, though, right now looks like a dude to me uh, over his, what, four appearances now. He looks really good. He looks like he can be a part of this thing long term. I mean, again, it's very early, though, so things can quickly change for Spire if he has a couple of bad outings. Um, Right now, though, you know, I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, the obvious answer is J.B. Bukaskis, you know, uh, but does Munoz get back before Robbie Ray does? You know, that's another question here. Who knows? So, again, for me, just too early. Colby, you have anything different? No, because Bukaskis is going to be one of the guys sent down for Munoz if Munoz gets back before Ray. And right yeah. now, I would say that the odds of that happening are pretty good. Um we don't know, you know much it's, about Munoz. It's possible, sorry to interrupt, but it's possible that Bukaskis could also get sent down tomorrow before tomorrow's game so they can get another fresh arm in there. Yeah, it is. 
Um, they have kind of 40 man spots to play with right now too. So uh, I could see them just swapping him and Brennan Bernardino, for example. Um, so yeah, I, it's going to be, it'll be whoever that spot is. And then we'll have to see with Robbie. We're not even, we're not, we don't even have a timeline for Robbie. So it's just too early to really give this question a, a good answer. Um, and like you said, Spire could, could, you know, fall off. Topa could fall off. And we've only seen Topa once and I like what I saw and I, I like what I've seen from, from Spire. Um, and, but yeah, I mean, right now, you know, those two guys are, are in, whereas somebody like Matt Vesta has to earn his way back in. Um, but it's just way too early to, to wonder what the roster move is for Robbie, because we don't know what the timeline is for Robbie. Exactly. All right. We got our last question here from Frankie who asked, do you think the AOS is going to remain tight all year? Uh, I think it's going to remain tight just now with the current teams that are in play at the moment. Um, Nothing has changed for me mentally from, uh, you know, from looking at this AOS landscape over the first week or so of baseball here to suggest or to make me think that, uh, you know, the the Rangers or Angels are really legitimate threats. Maybe that changes, you know, but it's what? How many games are we in now? Ten? Ten games? It's ten games. So there's only so much that you can glean from that. I still think this is a two horse race between the Astros and the Mariners. And that's what it's going to be at the end of the year. And yeah, I think it's going to be tight, you know, so to answer your question, yes, I just think that it's going to be, you know, Houston and, and Seattle kind of jockeying for first place throughout the course of the season with the angels and the Rangers kind of staying close for a while there, you know, maybe make the Mariners and Astros sweat a little bit, but eventually tail off over the final, you know, two-ish months of the season. Yeah, I think, like, right now, pretty much every team in the American League West is within two games of first place, and that's because there's only they've only played 10 games. We're 6% of the way through the season. So um, I don't think it'll be this close, if that's what you're asking. I, I still – I think the AOS will be pretty good. I think they'll probably have, you know, four teams that are – if they're not 500 or better, they're, they're certainly pushing 500. So I think there'll be a good division, but I don't, it's not going to be this close. I mean, Houston's mm-hmm. going to start to, to piece together wins. The Mariners are already starting to do that right now. So um, yeah, eventually, you know, the, the cream will rise to the top and, and we'll have to see because, you know, even today Anaheim had a six, nothing lead and then blew it and then came back and then yeah. blew it again. So Anaheim's bullpen is still a mess. The Texas Rangers rotation, again, is just a ticking time bomb. We'll see. They've been a mess defensively, too. Texas got off to a hot start. They're kind of sliding already. We're 10 games in, so it's tough to say. I would say that I think the division will be decided by less than five games. I don't know how many teams will be you know, in that race at the end yeah. of the year, I think is how I would phrase it. So I, I think it'll be relatively tight, but I don't think you're going to see four teams within you know, two games of winning the division in – you know, much beyond the end of April, really. So yeah, we'll none of these see. teams are playing particularly good ball right now. I think Texas is probably playing the best ball of the four teams right now, and that's Angels uh, playing some pretty decent ball, but they lost yeah. a series to Toronto today. Yeah, well, and again, like you see, like what their negatives are. It's very clear what their negatives are, what their flaws are, yeah. and they've already, you know. They gave up 12 runs today. They gave up 11 runs to the Mariners a couple of days ago. Like they're a team that can easily fall apart and get embarrassed. And so I just, it still looks like a roster that's just not capable of being saved by Shohei Otani and Mike Trout. 
that's still yep. like to me when i look at this angels team and, and i'm trying to be as objective as i possibly can be and yes there is a little bit of bias in here still i'm not going to deny that but uh for good reason because the angels just haven't really shown us that they can overcome their let's just say it horrific roster building practices um and once again this roster just does not look like it complements their their two superstars that that very well so uh i i think they're going to eventually kind of fall back uh a bit and the rangers just the rangers are still a year off for me um they certainly have talent and you know a lot of that is because they they paid for that and good on them for doing that i just i look at that lineup and it's like four deep really like there's some guys that have some potential but and have kind of flashed here and there like josh young but i just i'm just not a believer in that lineup right now that bullpen's still questionable to me and like you said there's you know we can uh injury concern you know with every team but there's more tangible evidence there in texas that there should be you know injury concerns with those guys in that rotation with guys like jacob Degrom and nathan navaldi because they have that history andrew heaney they have that history so i don't know uh my my feelings on the division haven't really changed at all uh, it's, it's still astros mariners to me and then a pretty you know, large gap between the next two teams and then, you know, 50 feet of crap between those two teams and the A's. So, yeah. All right. Uh, any closing thoughts here, Colby, before we hop off for the day? We're going to be doing post-game shows for the next three days, so we're probably not going to be able to talk about any sort of broader topics on this show. So anything you want to cover real quick? Uh, no, I mean, I, it's good series win. Uh, you know, down in Cleveland, I know today left a, a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths, but, uh, those people should, you know, go outside and, and touch some grass and breathe some fresh air, uh, because that's a good series win and you had a shot to sweep them. It's a bummer that you couldn't get that done, but that's that happens, you know, and, and, you know, I didn't feel too great about it once Brash gave up the, the game time double because the bullpen is just, it's, it's toast and, and you kind of need Castillo to go deep tomorrow. So hopefully he can give you at least six, maybe even seven if he's feeling zesty and, and maybe you have a shot there to go in the series. And if you can do that four two homes, homes uh, road trip and you, and you get back home on Friday and, and you try to uh, keep doing it again. So I thought, you know, for the most part, they played a pretty good uh, series against a good team and just one or two mistakes today kind of did you in. Yeah. They're going to lighten their load here on the schedule a little bit. Um, Chicago, you know, got some talent. Honestly, Chicago is a fairly comparable team to Texas. <laughs> Uh, in terms of like the 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 talent balance there um because mm-hmm. i mean they obviously they got guys like you know dansby swanson and marcus stroman etc but they you know they're still kind of in this weird rebuild uh area i guess uh so hopefully you can take a series from them and then you got colorado right after in seattle that's a team that you should be able to beat milwaukee's got talent but they're a team that you should be able to beat so 
some opportunities here for the Mariners to uh, to collect some wins. Hopefully they take advantage of it. All right, that's going to do it for our show. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Locked On Mariners podcast. For Colby Patnode, I'm Tidane Gonzalez. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez, that's D-A-N-E-G-N-Z-L-Z, and Colby at CPAT11, that's C-P-A-T-1-1. Follow us on Instagram and TikTok as well at Locked On Mariners. That's one word, Locked On Mariners. You can also find all that stuff in the description of this episode. And thank you again for making us your first Listen now for your second listen. Check out Locked On Fantasy Baseball. Win your league by listening to Matt and Dom every day as they bring you the best fantasy draft strategies. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts, just like us. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And with that, have yourself a beautiful baseball day, and we'll see you after the game tomorrow. Peace.